0: Protective Insight Podcast. Putting you in humour. Hey, welcome back to another episode, my lords, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for stopping by to another episode of the Protective Insight Podcast. Um, we have gone past the gargantuan success of our mid-season finale to start to look at how we're going to move things forward now in terms of the kinds of information that we're looking to try and bring to you and we thought that now would be a, a, a prudent moment, nigh an important moment to start talking about these Uh, Are these skills, these techniques, these whatever you want to call them, these attributes, these ways of thinking, these ways of looking at the world, these ways of looking at your job role, these ways of looking at yourselves and those around you, and how that transfers out more in terms of, well, I can just use this for my security role, or I can just use this for my role as a father, wherever it is, wherever you go, these are the ultimate personal opinion, I grant you, but these are the ultimate in transferable people skills, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would say so. I mean, that's, that's the key thing is, you know, we're, we're learning skills, but are we taking time to apply them or really uh, get in tune with them, right? I mean, I, I've come across a lot of people. That get to go to a lot of different trainings and experience trainings but then when you ask them okay well how did it go and it's kind of like that the, the primacy recency effect is like flashing in big spotlights because they remember like the first day of training the last day but they don't remember anything else and then because they haven't applied any of those skills since they left that training it leaves them with a kind of like I felt good when I left, but I'm not so sure what I learned, yeah. kind of feeling. All yeah. right. Yeah. And it's like, ah, you know, and then trying to like just grab them and shake some folks and go, hey, <laughs> you know, these skills and stuff you learn, like you said, yeah, you learn them for your particular industry or maybe to get some professional development. But the stuff we're talking about is stuff that uh, you can apply to any role that you're in. You know, mom, dad, sister, brother, CEO, business owner, security guard, gas attendant, you know, and it's really any industry. uh, Service based industry is even more so providing a service because understanding communication and all these different things. Right. just makes you a better service provider. And if you're a service provider, well, if you're better at providing services, you get more business. Right. So who doesn't want to learn? how to keep these skills intact in order to generate more business, right, better their livelihood, and, they, you know, change their status a little bit when it comes to more freedom to take care of your family if your business is doing well.
0: 100% 100%. And it's, it's, it's something that I, I actually, I, I took as a, as an idea from uh, something that Christian mentioned a couple of weeks ago, when we look, we looking at the hard and soft skills. He's like, what's the soft skills of an accountant? Uh, yeah, math. Uh, and it popped into my head in terms of, I mean, metaphors often really work for me personally to help me make sense of things quite quickly. And so you could think of the vast swath of information that exists out there in terms of a ridiculous maths problem. Like if I said to you, what is 354 times 963? Now there is a chance... That you could pluck out a number that is close and it be spot on there is that chance out there that exists and yet if you learn the rules of long form multiplication show you work out working out as you do it go through all of these specific steps you can do it fast you can do it sharp but you can also do it accurately and that's mm. that's one of the things that kind of gets lost amongst the translation that we are that we well that we seem to be rather looking for this all-encompassing single serving method or five steps that does this ten steps that does that and I it's gonna completely solve all of the problems for this particular aspect of my life when the reality is mm. as we know from looking at people like uh, uh, Bruce Lee when he saw the art of combat it was like well there are good bits over here there are great bits over here there's Applicable bits over here, and he brought them all together under that strong umbrella uh, uh, training methodology of application. It's pointless uh, learning all of this stuff unless you can apply it. and that, that is one hundred percent the point about the changeability. You know, the being like water. If you can't use sorry, if you can only use this at work and not at home, it doesn't really serve you. And with these methods with these techniques, applications, whatever they would serve you at home. They would serve you at work, serve you traveling, serve you in a service position, serve others better in a service position because you have access to that information that either people don't want or people don't acknowledge or people can't get access to because they're not prepared to take it all in, you know, it's a heavy cognitive load to bear.
1: Yeah, I have to. I even got to back up to where you're talking about math because, like that, that triggers so much here on my end. Because just in this day and age, right, the the world of instant gratification and you know, and people having you know calculators and things to this day. I mean, people don't know how to do long math or show their work. I mean, I, I've gone to the store plenty of times when a cash register has gone down and you have given someone cash and you give them a little over the amount and some change because I want a five dollar bill back or a ten dollar bill back. <laughs> and it blows their mind. They're like, why did you give me eleven oh five or eleven, you know, and twenty two cents and it's you know, all well, that's because I want a, a ten ten dollar bill Take back. A minute. And are like and they give you they give you the dollar and the change back. are like, I can't do that. And I'm like, I'm actually making your life easier but they think I'm making it harder. And if they don't have that machine telling them what it is and they plug the numbers in, oh my goodness. It's like you, you blew their, you blew their mind. And And that, and that translates. And everything we are today is right is people are so used to Googling and looking up things and getting what they think are these short term solutions, but they're missing context. They're missing the relevant points. They're missing key fundamental components and that's what we're trying to, to, I think, you know, I'm trying to convey it. We'll find out who later right, if we're doing it well or not is there are some good fundamental, you know, fundamental key aspects out here. One of them is understanding yourself, you know, doing that work. What, what are your emotional triggers? What are your biases? How do you work? How do you perform? Putting all these things together. And OK, now we can now that we understand this, how are we communicating? What are we projecting when we communicate? What's our tone? You know, are we listening to ourselves? I mean, what are the, what's our word choice? You know, are we escalating a situation or are we actually de-escalating? You know, we think we're minding the we're de-escalating, but what's our posture look like? How did that tone come up? Well, you know, and it's just uh, so many things that people think they're aware, but they're, they're not. You know, they just they are totally unaware of themselves of how when they walk into a room and the first word's out of their mouth and just how they're standing, the tonality, speech, word choice how they can just influence, you know, a negative response relatively quickly and understanding these things, whether it's written form, spoken form, they're all perishable skills, just like your hard skills training. And, and I love the fact too, because I think it was Christian as well. We were speaking with him and we are like, you know, we get into these great conversations with some uh, great minds around that have been things is, you know, soft skills are hard. And then it's, who designated them hard skills and soft skills anyway? Because the hard skills, okay, they might be physically demanding. You might have a little bit of more cognitive load depending on what you're doing, shooting or driving. But those are all skills that with the right attitude, these are I can teach anybody a skill set. But when it comes to the soft skills side of things, because it's not as glamorous or a popularity aspect of it, It's something that we do every day. So why is it so hard to comprehend? Why is it so hard to apply? Why is it so hard to see the necessity of, I mean, are we taking it for granted? Is that another level of our own complacency? Well, I talk every day, so why do I need to learn how to talk? Why do I need to understand the science behind that? Uh, And then you get so many because it's not typically a science. Or anything for body language. So you get so many people that just want to come out and put their two cents, which is great. I don't take anything away from the experiential learning. And I work with a lot of great FBI guys to negotiate through negotiations or everything else. But every retired FBI guy, they've all worked at one way or another with the behavioral analysis unit. And they all have a book on behaviors. And each one of them is slightly different and they all got nuances. But when you actually look at the book, it, it looks great on the surface. However, you might get maybe 10 decent nuggets of information and the rest is fluff while i was in the bureau i worked this person and i did this person and all it is is just a fluffed up version of hey look at me pound my chest and look at my ego this is how great i was doing this job handling terrorists understanding behavioral analysis but when the actual science behind it there there really is nothing there in the book you know it's it's fluff You know, and there's other books you come across that people like. These are great books, you know. uh, For one, for lack of the ellipsis manuals, when it comes out, And and I read through that, and then I just flipped to the reference pages. The reference pages aren't even filled out properly; they're missing references, they're missing key points, so they're not even referred properly. And it doesn't even make any bit of sense. Like that's an assumption. Someone took a bunch of stuff together and tried to accumulate a bunch of different people's work. They didn't really get full credit for it, and it's just a jumbled mess of what someone thinks is a Psychological Operators Manual, but it's really junk science. You know, if you actually start dissecting it and, and taking it apart, and then there's other good books out there that just don't get that claim to fame that they should because it gives you different stuff. And I like to look at it just like we were talking about here, Ben. Is people want that all encompassing thing, right? They want that. Hey, I want to be able to sit this and watch this instant gratification, and now I'm a wizard when it comes to understanding humans. <laughs> And as simple as people want to think it, humans are complex. The only thing that's predictable is really, I look, I tell people professionals are predictable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> professionals oh, yeah. are, right? Because <laughs> they've got set routines, schedules, there and everyone else, you know, you got some things there, but it, it, it it's hit or miss. Professionals are predictable, that that. that crack it on the side of the street and not as much because he can just have something very erratic, you know, in between his fixes. Not like you're not going to be able to pinpoint a set timeline and go, okay, this is, these are these behaviors all the time for said person. Yeah. And we need to get out of the habit of that. And, you know, just from like uh, working with you and Bob and different guys, like I, I said, like, you know, I, I've pulled things over the years. I know when I teach, teach about leadership, there's uh, elements of stoicism, understanding mm-hmm. of empathy. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, Carl Jung is in there mm-hmm. understanding the shadow and the archetypes, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just pulling from all these great things of psychology and sociology. And, you know, it's uh, we teach people, you know, carry your toolbox, you know your tools, but take the tools that are necessary that you're going to benefit from. And you should have some key set of tools that you can use. Not every solution requires a hammer. You should have various types of screwdrivers, you know. So we don't want us to have all these bulky things. So we should be able to get better nuance in the tools we need in order what we're doing. And with this side of it, the soft skill side of it, for the terms industry term, uh, which I, I think in time, you'll if you keep listening to us, we were gonna we're gonna we're gonna change that. <laughs> oh yeah. we're we're gonna move that and bring that out here because people well, just we're gonna try okay, to anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But we're we're going to do it if, if it catches, it, it catches. If not, it just uh, because there really isn't anything you know soft about it, soft skills are hard skills. Um, just because we aren't paying attention to it, you know, we we just let it go and we think, Oh, like I was saying, we, we do this every day. How is it different? Well, okay, there's a big difference. Where's your focus at? Where's your mindset, you know, at with it? Do you have an outcome? I mean, honestly, what's what's the point of a conversation if we don't have an outcome, right? Because then we're just sputtering off and just Just waiting uh, for your turn to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, you know, but how do we get better at, you know, because you've got busy people, right? Busy executive people that got things to do and someone comes in. Well, then how do you then convey that point? Sometimes you have that what that five second pitch, you know, Then you got a 15 second pitch and that they teach people elevator pitches. There's a reason to teach those types of level of communication, right? And you need to be able to get your point across, solve the problem with this. We have in a, in a very, very short amount of time. Well, how do you convey that if you're not paying any attention to it? And is that just good in the sales room or is that also good when you're maybe dealing with, uh, an individual, if you're working on an executive protection side and I'm looking to make sure uh, I got a reservation for a client and I don't need to divulge any of their information, you know, there's certain ways I need to present things to get that. Yes. And get that room in the corner and get things there and access from an alley. And I can do all these just by the way that we can communicate and be effective, make that person feel great on the other side and, and get our outcome and our problem solved. And everybody wins. Mm as opposed to people come in that don't know how to do it and just are name dropping and ruining it and then potentially it can lead to an embarrassment of your client or you know a oh bunch God. of people showing it, and it just creates chaos right untold so factors
0: untold mate <laughs> and like it, it, it reminds me of something i was actually talking about earlier so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it up again because it's it's kind of relevant in that you mentioned a couple of times, it's just as important to have that kind of self-reflection over how you would be able to use these skills. What do I need to learn about conversing? I have conversations all the time. This type, this type of positional bias, you need to learn about your biases. I haven't got any. That's a bias, <laughs> right? Yes. And so yeah. there was this. There was this. Um, it's a British sitcom. Uh, it's it's called Only Fools and Horses. Uh, you might have heard of it. You might not have. But just for, for those for those that haven't, it's it was made. I think it was in the late 70s, early 80s. Really funny, and there was a character in it called Trigger, and he was like a, a caretaker, janitor kind of guy, and he had his broom that he'd carry around with him. And in one particular episode, he was like, "I've had this same broom for 20 odd years." I mean, I've had to change the handle 14 times and the, the head 23 times, but it's still the same broom. And it kind of conformed on the surface to the same old, What well, Trigger's an idiot. <laughs> That's what his character's been up until this stage, the kind of comic relief mm-hmm. fool in that particular way. Yeah. And yet, what he's hit upon there is something, and I fact-checked this in between, I wasn't sure of the name uh, <laughs> in the earlier time when I talked about it. It's, it's known as the Ship of Theseus. The ship of Theseus, which is from identity politics relating to kind of Greek philosophy. It's from a a place called the Plutarch, and it's Mm for this ship in that uh, if a part of it falls off, they replace this piece of wood, and this part falls off, they replace this piece of wood. At what point does it stop becoming the ship of Theseus and starts becoming something else? We are the sum of its parts, this kind of philosophy about thinking, so is Trigger really an idiot? Or is he just working on a plane that nobody else has access to? Which might sound on the surface like a ridiculous analogy, but that's based on a position that you have in terms of objectively reading the kind of information he's communicating to you. Unless you know about this kind of philosophical approach towards who we are as human beings, Trigger will remain the comet relief. As soon as you know that, you're like, Okay, he's got this. He's got this um, connection to insight, and I, I wrote a, a an article. We're actually going to look at a, a couple of our articles uh, uh, today. Uh, by no means to crowbar in their exposure to you, but they're they're very important in terms of what we're talking about. And uh, uh, let me let me bring it up here so you guys can uh, so you guys can see it. In its in its glorious technical detail, um, so this is here. It's from the omniscient-insights.com website. By all means, go over and sign up. You'll be noted. Uh, you'll be noted about this. And the the short version of it is: I would encourage you to read the article. Link will be below in the description. the The short version of it is: there, uh, I, I looked at something called super forecasting which is a a critical thinking practice. But they mentioned uh, the nature of uh, a style of art called pointillism, whereby uh, the pictures themselves are made up of of points, of dots on paper, which led me to to find pencilism, where similar things, they're just pictures made out of different coloured pencils. And you pull back and it's only when you can really create, uh, sorry, it's only when you can really see all of the dots or all of the pencils together that this picture is formed. And you look at something like this and you might see, you know, the outlines of a face, what might be an animal, what might be a human. uh, And there are 60 dots on the page and you might look at that and think, well, I only need to connect 60 dots. I don't need to worry about anything else. Right. When those dots themselves do nothing to give you the context. Right. That might be a ball. It might be the sun. Right? That that might be a, a side profile of a human on the side. It might be a vicious animal in between that's bitten off his face off. In order to do this, you need to be adding more and more and more and more dots to really build out the detail that is uh, that is working within uh, uh, that, that particular picture. So analogous to what we're saying here in terms of the proper use of a, if we use the umbrella term, a a security-based skill like situational awareness, then yes, you should be looking at all of the ways that this is applicable to your role as a security guard. But you should also be looking at all of the ways that this is applicable to you as husband, mother, father, brother, sister, as somebody crossing the street, as somebody driving a car, as a patron in in a restaurant, as somebody watching a football game, as, 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 and the, li- the list goes on. Because then it stops being something that you use at work and it takes it into something that it actually is. This situational awareness, yes, it might be a buzzword that's thrown around, but it is truly one of these utilitarian processes that you can use to level up the protection of yourself and those around you, everyone else around you, your loved ones, that your, your principals, those on your team, Anybody else in that area, your awareness needs to be on point and understanding that if you can add more information to that, which you are aware of, then the end game of the information you get out of it by default has to be more accurate because it has its basis
1: in more. Yes, there was a a great, there was a great quote that I came across a while back and is you know, regarding how the brain works in that aspect, right? And it, and it simply is put, as complex as the brain is, neurons that fire together, become wired together. All right. Yeah. And, and it does. And, it, and to me, that's like the key takeaway here, when it comes to just for the sake of keeping on topic with situational awareness. you may have gotten into it because of your role maybe it's because you joined the military maybe it's because you became a law enforcement officer somewhere in a securely related field where that became the bread and butter of your professional work in order to keep yourself and others safe however as we both know ben the more that we can experience we can read theories we can read how-to books all day long but it isn't until we start applying the skill and then getting that experience with this skill, whether it's you know situational awareness or conversations, that we start now connecting those neurons to where now when we go to another environment, another event that occurs, our brain is automatically going to that to that part, it's going to that sector of neurons and it's gonna pull here. And each time we add to that, it's just gonna add more and more that gives us better ability to make better decisions, quicker decisions, sound decisions. So we can do that not just from our role as a protector professionally, but as our role as a protector in our family personally. And, and we just start getting these experiences. You know, hey, we might go to this particular restaurant with our families, but then you know the very next week we could be taking a client there professionally. Well, we already have there because we have already in our brain now a process. We know where exits are. We know what it sounds like. We know certain things. We have kind of have an idea of what normal looks like in that environment already because our brain's going to pull that group of neurons. So when we come in and work in a client, all of a sudden it's going to trigger to like, hey, wait a minute, this wasn't going on. Something smells different. Something sounds different. We can then readily now start to identify these things quicker, make better decisions. And, that, and that's what it comes down to is being able to better uh Mitigate those risks. You know, there's just so many nuances to it that people don't get in. And, and I hate that it's a, a buzzword. I guess what I'm because there is there is some stuff that really needs to be talked about because it is part of everyday. It, it actually falls into part of what our survival mechanisms are. It's part of our survival thing, how we're wired, and everyone is wired differently. And you need to understand by experiencing certain things and certain stressful events you see how you're going to respond. And you know what? You might not like that response. So you know what the good thing is? Is you can always rewire, which is why you want to get those repetitions in, right? The good reps, the good training. It might take you a little bit to uncross. You know, you might have like that, uh, that tangled ball of string per se, you know, but the minute you unravel it and then, right, you know, you can you can then untangle it and then you can get it back together. That's something that works and it's better. Um, I think I was reading something a a while back there talking about, it was like, uh, there was a study, I think it was. And people always have this saying, you never forget how to ride a bike, right? It's like, once you ride a bike, you get back on it. Well, part of the study was, is they took like an adult, put them on a bike, but when they turned the handlebars, the wheel went the opposite way right amazing so when they were doing all that the brain automatically was thinking you know, if i turn left goes left right goes right and the same thing when uh there's something there with you if you put your hands together and cross me or lock when try to be your left hand the brain there's a process right. because it, it you can actually yeah. put your wires up in the brain and it and it took it took an adult with this bike being reconfigured differently with it you know turning left turning right and things there it took an adult almost six months to ride that bike but when they took a six-year-old that ride the bike it only took them two days wow so the way i look at that is well you look at from an adult perspective all the experience and how much wire we've got in there put together we had to unwire and rewire to this new concept where you have a six-year-old that hasn't really had that experience yet right so that's where i think it's easier to and this is just my brain putting in there with you know easier for a six-year-old to unwire and wire the new skill because mm-hmm. there isn't a lot there yet that's been built upon at that young age as opposed to an adult which is why when we take people to the range i always like teaching new shooters no bad habits is, is why we say it right because bad habits right are hard to break and, and that's why because if we have a bad habit and it fires and the bad habit connects and now we've wired them together and then we take another bad habit and we wire them together and another one we wire them together and wire them together to so eventually now now to break this bad habit, we've got to disconnect this wire, disconnect this wire, this this wire, and then we gotta now attach the right wires to and you know, and that's the whole process. And in that time that's where people's positive attitude can go to a crappy attitude. Um, and, and, <laughs> uh, and you've touched nice on like. it in your, in your, in your own about way. When you mentioned trigger, it triggered for me. Yeah. I've had to say for 20 years, brings me to, that's what you have a lot of issues today in management. This is the way we've always done it. You know, this is are here. Oh, and God. I saw a post today and it kind of made me chuckle because this person felt like they were, um, uh, I guess in a way, having a little bit of bravado, being proud of themselves, right. you know, and they put this little blurb out there like some song lyric and it was, uh, I'm going to try not to butcher it, but the, the, the gist of it was things around me always changing, you know, walls to wall, this and that, but the one thing that stayed the same is me. And it was a bash on like training and people wanted to go out and people trying to do this and trying to do that. But they've always remained the same. And I'm like, that's kind of a contradictory thing to say, because if society is evolving, technology is evolving and so many things are elevating ahead and faster than we can really catch up. Right. This minute we get the new iPhone today, it's outdated (laughs) tomorrow, you know, with new tech. So to be proud of being the same person, I mean, that, I mean, it's good if you're the same person, I think, internally, being a good person. But if we're looking at it from, a, from the instructor training perspective, which they were, and speaking of their training, well, if your training has been the same for the last 20 years and you haven't molded and you haven't adapted and you haven't looked at it because cars have changed, right? We had this great conversation with Pablo, right? Yeah. Cars don't have them nice little emergency brake handles anymore They're push buttons and, and different things, right? And the tech in the cars like we... You, you can't even drive the car the same anymore. Oh, God. You know, it's got so many sensors, so many cameras, you know, we, we just can't <laughs> just get in and, you know, Let's and getting that manual transmission and go and have a good time. So if you're, if you're toting that, I'm like, that is a terrible thing to present because we should be evolving. We should be changing. That's part of why I look at things is uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a constant learner. I always want to evolve. And if I can learn something different from somebody or something I could put in there or, if I go teach with different instructors, you know, just having the great things with you. You word things sometimes particularly different when we talk about the same subject. I'm like, man, okay, I like the way the Ben, you know, put that. It really clicked and connected. I'm going to use that next time I do because it'll connect well with my students of the similar type of mindset. You know, there's always looking and pulling, we should always be learning and in turn making ourselves better. But I'd be a fool to sit here and say, all this thing's been changed around me the last 20 years, but I'm still the same. And it's like, no, we're not. You know, even as a person, you're never the same person. And I forget who said the quote, but they said, you know, a man steps into a when man steps into the river. It, the, the man is never the same and, the, and it's never the same river. Right. Because the river is constantly yeah. flowing. When you step in, it never changes. And because of your growth and everything, you're, going, you're never the same person when you step back into that, that river. So to me, it's just like people are out there doing it and they're trying to come at other people for doing certain things. And it's like, okay, well, everyone has their own reason for doing it. Some people have their reason to teach body language and be all over YouTube is because they want the views and the likes. And, and then it, in some way it gives them that they're, they're trying to pad their credibility of people that don't know any better. <laughs> and, I'm, and, and I mean, and if you're good with that, fine, but i much rather have respect of my peers and those with mm-hmm. in the industry that can give credit to my work and my ability and my skill set. Um, nothing against viewers in there, but it's like, OK, you don't know what you don't know in a way. It's unconscious incompetence in, in a lot of those aspects. Right. We we put in a Google search, like we were saying before, we want instant gratification. That's the first influencer that pops up. I read it and most people like, uh, I think you said, I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Be a skeptic. Yeah. People yeah. aren't skeptic, skeptic enough, right? Remember, like, years ago when someone would say something, if it sounded too good, if it sounded too good to be true, we're like, man, that's some BS. And we did our <laughs> yeah. due diligence into it. It's like we've gotten away from that now, right? Now it's like we get all this stuff we should be saying, that's too good to be true when it yeah. comes to, like, the behaviors and, and this, this, yeah. and this, like, uh, that's not it. And then go out there and apply it. And... And and I'll get off this soapbox because the other thing is like my biggest (laughs) frustration with these same similar folks is as an instructor, as someone that's influencing on particular topics and things that you have experience in, you're projecting yourself as a subject matter expert in it, at least have the understanding that if you are getting those likes and those millions of views, understand the seriousness when people go out and take those tips you give them, especially if they aren't ethical or they're not proper, and you set someone up to fail or get some put into a situation where they can get hurt mentally or physically you know that's that's liability I mean, that's one thing we talk about you know instructor liability right no we should be fully vetting and confident in the things that we're putting out there making sure things are out proper proper and the best way we can because i don't want someone going out there and be like oh man and use something no, that's bs no like what you're going to get from me is The best information I have is going to be science-backed. It's going to be proven-backed, experienced-backed, and I'm going to stand behind whatever it is, and I'm not going to teach people stuff that's just some goofy thing just because I want a view or a like.
0: I I mean, I I couldn't agree with any syllable of that any more than I already do. (laughs) (laughs) It it seems to be that, and we are getting a little bit soapboxy, but I, I, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Um, it seems to be that there is an unwillingness to admit, like, a, 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 a even a perception of uncertainty, you know? And the, the, the simple fact of the matter is that because there are, like, what, I don't know, 8 billion people on the planet now, mm. give or take, if you're claiming... To be a, a, a master of human interaction, you are delusional, dishonest, or both. Um, well, and like, that's the, just—it's—it's the, it's one of those things. Yeah, just two secs, mate. Because uh, I know we can do this. It's—it's it's one of those <laughs> things that that kind of it prevents growth. If yes. if it is that you're going to try and attempt mastery, where you you're saying to yourself, "I'm done. I'm out." no one can teach me anymore <laughs> well it's it, it, it
1: along it goes along with that other great quote and that's probably saying because you always treat these me when you bring up the whole Neil deGrasse with the crystal I mean it, just just to sum that up intellectually lazy yeah we're, you know we're just getting intellectually lazy we got all these tech also the fingertips we're just like oh okay I'll, I'll I take it at face value now but my gut's telling me I should challenge it okay then why you know denial is the same thing with situational awareness right and we touch these things the denial is the first thing that comes up and the first thing we have to address is is the denial factor no one's making popcorn at x amount of time it's not fireworks or those are gunshots you know you need to get your brain out of it and get into understanding what is going on around you and that's where we are it's like and for people that are looking up subjects that are in turn want to make them to be more intellectual right Mm -hmm. because a lot of it is people want to be seen as intelligent they want to be able to Mm -hmm. do things you know they're trying to elevate themselves they're probably achievement driven a certain driven base right because that's why they are looking at this because they want to make the better first impression or get a better read on an environment or a person but yet when it comes to the training that they're seeking to get that they're being intellectually lazy so in turn are you really going to get that growth out of it personally and professionally that you're looking for
0: no, <laughs> no, the, like there was um, I, I think it, I think it was a, 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 a mass public shooting in on a, on a car park. Um, I, I, b- I believe it was in, in in Texas, but I don't know. I only saw the body cam footage and I've seemed to have kind of connected that with Texas. I don't know if that's the case. I will need fact checking on that. But I, w- I watched the, um, uh, uh, the the body cam footage from the guy that charged straight over there to try and get involved and and help out. And he was, he was talking to some lovely family, you know, being nice to the kids, talking about, you know, put your seatbelt on in the car uh, and, you know, and make sure you listen to your parents and, uh, and, you know, uh, pleasant, normal, lovely interactions that he was having. The second that was heard, the family were looking around going and the, and the, the police officer straight over no messing Mm -hmm. and that's the difference in terms of exposure when it comes to that not that you have to kind of prepare for for gun battle and and when you're taking their kids to the mall no but that kind of awareness in terms of possibility when it is that you practice or or at least just look to apply the specifics of these methods just in your role as as security guard as police officer in, in this situation without looking at the impact to you as a, a father, say, in that scenario. I've no idea if he was a father. Mm-hmm. High likelihood that he is. But let's say, for example, that he is. Yeah. If it is that you only practice in the one role, then the second you put your uniform on, you put your belt on, you go out to go to work, you're in the zone. You're 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 working the second you go there as as a father those skills are diminished because you haven't got the immersion, you haven't got the experiential learning that it takes to 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 be able to use these many different uh, ways of thinking or these many different ways of taking in all of that information that exists, because let's face it with the human experience, there is a lot, (laughs) right?
1: there's There's a ton, which is why I try to keep it to that validate, dismiss, clarify right because that's the same thing when you're processing that you should be validating really missing immediately what you got you know and uh in yeah, a situational aspect part you know for law enforcement it's slightly different because it's one of those we never there's a high burnout rate and in, in things like when it comes to law enforcement, because of, for the most part cops never switch off that's been the most difficult thing with them it's why they, there's a high divorce rate and things there and people don't really understand because you can't because even off duty you're you're having to certain things respond to, so you're always constantly even in and out. So you can never really enjoy your family time as much as you would like to, you know, um, in those regards. Um, but uh, yeah, did you prompted to write that that situational awareness you know article there? And if you get a chance, Ben is going to put the link in here. There's going to be some tips in there. It, it's for executive protection kind of thing, but if you look at it, you can apply it to any role that you're in any industry, and the the tips there are for everybody. Uh, You can tune them to yourself. It's really not not that difficult to do. It's just really understanding those key roles and aspects that that we're talking about. And knowing when you need to switch on. Um, If you're unfamiliar, I suggest get familiar with Cooper's color code and understand the conditions, you know, white, yellow, red, black. Um, And you never want to be in condition white. You know, conditional weight really is only going to occur when you're at home and you're asleep you know and you're kind of aware but when you're leaving the house or anything else you should always be in that slightly elevated state you should be looking especially if you're doing anything out in public anything with the kids um they're just they're just so many threats out there today um you just can't walk around with your face in your cell phone just being oblivious you know to the world you need to be picking up on those things um you know, I just challenge you to do something different every day. <laughs> you know, just one little thing from there give some tips is, you know, pick up something you know, on your way to work. How many red lights do you pass? How many bus yeah. stops are there? How many people typically are at a bus stop at those times of day when you go? Is there anything out of place or just in your neighborhood? Um, you know, my, my spouse and I, we, we know every car in our little community that's supposed to be there or not be there. And if it's not supposed to be there, one of us is telling the other. Hey, by the way, did you see this on the other end of the cul de sac? Yep, I saw it. Yep, it's been there a couple of days. Not supposed to be here. No one's been around that car. Possibly an abandoned car. But it's like you know, it's we we have that within each other. But we're both yeah. military law enforcement type backgrounds. But it's just that awareness of our surroundings when we get out. It's mm-hmm. like we, anytime we leave, we're we're scanning and looking around. Anytime we go into a place, yeah. you got five senses for a reason. And yet, people will tell me that they never thought about taking a deep breath before they enter the place, or a smell, why, why wouldn't you? You might smell a gas leak, you might smell mm-hmm. something burning, you know? Cigarette smoke. Yeah. So something, yeah, something out of place, you know? And why not walk around? I, I always walk around a, a restaurant first before I sit down, you know, the family will go one way and sit with the hostess, yeah. and I go the other way. I'm looking at exits, bathrooms, people, who stands out of place, who may be a problem, who may not be a problem, who's talking louder, who's had maybe one too many to drink, and it's yeah. being way obnoxiously loud that we're kind of paying attention because that guy may be a problem later. You know, how many people are consciously doing these things? You know, And it doesn't really take a lot of bandwidth to do it. It's just a process that you should have to validate, dismiss, clarify what you got going on in the environment. And you get an idea of what that environment looks like and feels like in that moment while you're there, which gives you a little bit. And then you can start seeing when things are added to or taken away from that based on you corrected because you have now properly connected neurons so that now they are wiring together the next time we go to that so restaurant, maybe one. your favorite restaurant. So we, the more we go to that restaurant, the more we pull in, the more we're adding to that, which is less we got to process later on. Right. Cause we're, we just keep wiring it deeper and deeper.
0: And that's, that's the, that's the one. So just, uh, just a couple of things while we, while we kind of bring it in, uh, uh, I want one anecdotal piece of fun that I want to mention is when I went to dinner with Tom, um situational awareness wizard um (laughs) it was it it was it was virtually an empty restaurant there was a there was a few groups towards the right hand side but it was it was uh, it was open we had free reign and so you could you could see kind of both of our processes in terms of where are we where are we where are we sitting and then the the waitress led us over to this table in the corner it was a big table um, but it was in the corner against the wall and you could see us look at each other and we both thought Who's having the back-to-the-wall position? <laughs> Tom, Tom let Tom let me have the back-to-the-wall because I was carrying a bag with all of the podcast equipment in, uh, and he, he sat the opposite side. So I was like, don't, don't worry, Tom, you've still got the reflections from the mirror behind me. He's like, good point. Good point. <laughs> so it, it, you're absolutely right in terms of never switching off. Um, but one, yeah, one other it, thing...
1: It, oh, it's, it's, it's funny you say that. The missus and I, we never sit next to each other at a restaurant. We always sit opposite diagonal because she's covering this area and I'm covering the other. Area. Like we're always there. We're talking, we have 360 degrees, you know, exactly of where and, we're at. And that doesn't harm your
0: fun, your engagement, no. your enjoyment of the night. There are just these processes that exist underneath everything yeah. that you're doing now, you know, and that's one of those things in terms of the, the neurons firing and wiring, uh, should any of you be, be interested? It's, it's a branch of neuroscience called neuroplasticity. Yes. Look it up to look it up to your look it up to your heart's content. But one of the things that came out of the post of the blog article um, was, I believe, he's a contact of Bob's. His his name is a uh, Gopal. Um, he 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 he. I will put the link in the uh, in the comments in the comments description below, so everyone else can uh, read about it as well. But he mentioned a particular paper on the unpredictability of of human behavior and why it's so important to kind of be expanding your knowledge yada yada in terms of everything we've been ranting we talking about, about so right far? we can't
1: put humans in a, in a box people right? try to all the time with anything right put them in a box they're going to behave this way and do this way with all these different uh, corporate type models right and yeah if you want to put it, but the box is going to be all different shapes and, and sizes we can't compare everybody the same they're We have some similarities. I get along on a lot of things, but there's going to be different things that motivate Ben that might motivate me differently or might not motivate me at all, you know, and and just certain ticks. I mean, when it comes to work ethic, not many people are going to match that similarly between you and I, you know, it's, (laughs) we, we work all day. Here we are at night and here you are early in the morning of the next day after working (laughs) all day. I mean, people listen to me, but here we are because this is something that we're passionate about and you wouldn't think no different. You know, when we, when we, when we, I can't sit there and ever think that I could ever put Ben in a in this type of box and be like, OK, this is this is Ben. That's like, no, that that's that's never going to fit. It's never going to work. Plus, guys, Ben was a magician. He can get out of the box. So it's just it's just not going to work. <laughs>
0: it's apology and the like. Put some handcuffs on me. Oh, we're getting to dodgy territory now. I apologize. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, the, um, the, uh, the, the, the paper uh, that was mentioned, uh, I'd, I'll, I'll read to you what he what put. Um, so uh, where are we? In his 1965 paper, An Essential Unpredictability in Human Behaviour, Michael Scriven argued that it's possible to create deterministic systems whose behaviour cannot be predicted, not even in principle. Roughly, his idea is that we can create a system that is either informed of or repeats the prediction that is made about what it itself will do right and that's 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 in essence and yes 1965 but that so far as in terms of my reading about it since has yet to be refuted
1: well you figure it can't be refuted just because everyone's everyone's survival response is different you know there's a reason why you have fight flight freeze Right yeah. there, it tells you you got three different things that aren't predictable, Who, who's going to fight, who's going to, you know, run and who's going to freeze up. Well, that's going to be based off your experiences and what you have wired together and what you naturally have within your your survival instinct. Some people never know their survival instinct until they're hit in that moment and the bad things happening. And then they find out really, really quick. I see it all the time teaching law enforcement recruits. We get them all the time defensive tactics week and we're teaching them strikes and holds and they got to fight us in a red man suit. And we teach them, Hey, you know, don't square up. Don't do these particular things. And the first thing they do is forget everything they teach you, right? Everything we taught them and they come up straight up square face to face. And the first thing I do is I punch them right in that face mask. (laughs) And right then and there, I see it. The pupils get dilated, right? The adrenaline comes in and then the ones that have been in a fight or been experienced guess what they'll go to want to scrap and they still forget what they need to do because they need to be thinking from a law enforcement. but the other ones that never been it's like you did a whole hard reset on your computer it just freezes eyes <laughs> get big and just, everything just shuts down and they just stand there and it's just like uh hands and everything just go and, and you see it you know all the time but but what you're doing in that is they're seeing that now they're feeling it but now they're able to now wire a neuron together and go okay this was a situation this happened i didn't like that so what do i need to do now i can't just stand there so i need to either go away which you can't do as a law enforcement officer right we can't just run away and go oh, that guy hit me <laughs> you know we need to then revert to the training you've been taught which is why there's a there's a systematic thing and approach to it and and that's what people don't get is they don't understand where they're at in this mechanism. You know, if you went by and you just hang out and all you do is sit in the basement and watch videos all day. Well, yeah, you're not going to be able when you actually step outside that basement to the real world and someone confronts you and you know, you're just, you're not going to know how you're going to respond until you've been in some particular situations. And some of those things you can't just, you know, some you can replicate depending on the training and stuff you take in one way or another way. If you come take a, a martial arts class, I'm gonna where you're gonna get used to that and sparring and things, you know, it's a controlled environment and you'll be able to see and process and create those habits. Or unfortunately, the worst way to find out is you're out in the street and someone, you know, mugs you at knife point, you know, or grabs you or throws you on the ground. You know, it's just you're gonna find out real quick what your uh your natural instinct is going to be in that moment. Absolutely, yeah.
0: everyone's got yeah. a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Mike Tyson, that's right.
1: <laughs> but it, but you know, but it, it but it's, it's so true, and you know, and if and that falls in line with everything, you know, your situation, you know, get out there and and and, and train it. You're not going to know what you're going to do, which is why you plan. I ask people all the time, you know, if you're at your house when your kids, they they teach you at a young age to have a fire escape plan with your with your mm-hmm. children at the home. Okay, well, how many people make a plan when they go out and go to the restaurant? I mean we did it with our family, you know, way hey, when when the kid was young. Okay, if something this were to happen, we're gonna go where's where's the safe spot to meet? You know, where's the, the rally point area? And it's here and it would be more like, okay, if something here to happen, you know, my, my wife would would take would take her child, exit one way if I stayed in and had to do what I had to do and then we would meet at at said point, you know, when things are safe. But there was always a plan of this is why new eggs were new here, and there was a plan in that that was talked about and discussed. As you sit down and eat with dinner, this is what's going to happen. You know, if it turns out that mom sees it first and mom has keys, then the role is reversed, right? Yeah. And it's, you do what you have to do to ensure that the safety and security <laughs> of your loved ones. Oh no, couldn't have planned that one. <laughs> Better you <than John. laughs> shot.
0: My Hulk hands. Oh dear! Oh no! I was thinking it was a
1: magic trick. You yeah, we're going back to that. <laughs>
0: Gone. Um uh, But that's kind of kind of spun me for a loop now. Uh, at the minute, but uh, it, it it it, it, re- it I mean, you'll have heard this quote being uh, being a, a you know a coach for the same company. But the body cannot go to a place that the mind hasn't already been. Right, and with with that in mind, folks. Uh, we we uh, we may have been a, a bit passionate and inflamed at times this evening, um, but I, I hope, uh, if if nothing else, that the the points that we spoke about came across. And you've got some things to go and look at in terms of neuroplasticity, in terms of skill acquisition, in terms of uh, games that you can play in order to trial this. One of the ones that I love to play is uh, is uh, is I spy when I'm not in the room. Um, so I'll get I'll get a text. I spy with my little eyes, something beginning with whatever. And then I have to try and figure out what it is based on how I can remember what's in the room. A Great game for your awareness as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, use it. Use these skills at work. Use them at home. Use them on the way to work. Use them when you go into the bathroom. Use them when you're listening to music. You know, there there isn't a single situation I can think of that these don't have a relevance towards. So stay tuned yeah. for more. Definitely yeah. check out the links in the comments. Uh, sorry, in the description below. And above all, make sure you're uh, subscribed to the channel so you can stay tuned for more insights that we uh, we uh, take great joy in, in sharing with you it may seem like a silly and insignificant thing to do or some statement that everybody says at the end of their podcasts or streams or videos but it really does help it really does help us to be able to bring you this kind of information on a more regular basis so thank you for your time thank you for your interest and we shall see you again very soon okay. thank
1: you very much do you later.